0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective.
1: This podcast is
2: part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
3: Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking.
0: Crisis for
4: the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipsters' defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How's it going, Derek? Oh, you know, pretty good, pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Well, um, I got a surprise for you, Derek. I like surprises. Uh, remember when I told you I was going to the movies pop up here in Orlando earlier this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I missed one of the people that's on the line with us tonight. So I brought and he brought us guests, and we haven't chatted with him since last August when we had mm-hmm. Stacy Toy and um gene snitsky because it it wasn't his fault um a few others from 100 acres of hell well calling tonight to promote the film that's coming which I can't wait for this film it was i believe all shot in the tampa area the beasts come at midnight we have ed mckeever his son michael mckeever director christopher jackson and samantha o'donnell on the line with us how's everyone doing
5: Everybody's good. I'm sorry. I'm not very tech savvy. So I'm here. How you doing, everybody? And this is my son, Michael. Hello. And it's great because it looks totally like Brady Bunch. I got everybody in different squares and everything. Technology is so
4: awesome. Ed, if it makes you feel even more comfortable, no one's seen this video except us. This goes out as audio only. So...
5: But it's important that you see me.
4: It's always important that I see you.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Especially next time you're in Kissimmee and you don't call.
5: I'm sorry about that. I will be in the air and we'll get together, I promise you. Actually, I,
4: I don't remember if I gave you my phone number or not.
5: I think you did, but you know what? Do me a favor. Text uh, it to me again, please.
4: If I, I'll i send it to you through Messenger in case I don't well, have your I number. think
5: we we're going to get together one time or yeah, something. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Yeah. Your schedule and my schedule just didn't didn't meld. Yes,
4: dear. (laughs) As, As my daughter in the background. Hello,
5: daughter in background. I'm Ed.
4: That's Ed. That's Michael.
5: That's Chris.
4: Hey. That's Samantha. They're all part of a horror film. That's all filmed in him. But we'll probably left dogs in there. See, and that, that's just the way the conversation goes on the show. So tell us a little bit about this this film, The Beast, that comes at midnight. The Beast Come at Midnight.
5: Well, I, I think that the best people to talk to about that is I think I should turn it right over to our director, uh, Christopher Jackson. And, hey. then, uh, and, 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 and kids, don't be offended when I call you kids. Kids. I'm just really old, so it, I know you're all uh, <laughs> not kids, but uh, it's easier for me to say that. <laughs>
6: No, 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 no. They they're used to it at this point. Cause that's all I called them it. on set. Yeah, I'm not just old.
3: Call me a kid. It's fine. I'm not kids. old.
6: I'm trans millennial.
3: <laughs> kids.
6: Did you miss kids. it? Do you do you miss me like squawking at you from the depths of the set, just going, kids?
3: Kids. I would be like eating a snack or something, and i here is kids. I got I gotta go.
6: Yeah, <laughs> and it would be it would always be. I bet you would all. It was always mid bite. Like you were just. just- a... <laughs>
3: Like I was in the middle of something like a conversation in the middle of a bite, like had to go to the bathroom and be like, kids, hold your pee. Yep,
6: Come on in. You got to go. The the Beast Comes at Midnight was a um, it's a, you know, I think that it's one of those films that people are going to really enjoy watching with their kids. Like, I think it's, it's, I think it's a, when, 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 When Ed came to me with the idea to begin with and we were talking about it, he had said, like, I I think this could be a film where, you know, parents could sit down with their kids and watch, you know, their kids first horror movie together. And, you know, I was like, man, that's a really great Hmm. idea. Like, that's a cool way to approach this. And and so that's kind of where I took his script and I was like, okay, what are the best parts of this that like I could sit with my my seven year old and go, okay, we're going to watch a horror movie together because my first horror movie with my parents was Westworld. That was my first horror movie Uh that I ever watched with my parents ever. And so, you know, it, we, it was, yeah, it was just scary enough to like, you know, haunt me for a couple of days, but not, you know, and I, <laughs> so I think that's what we did here is like we wanted to give you something that was like fun that you could sit down with your kids and enjoy, you know, because uh, those are rare, you know, it's not, it's, it's rare you get a hocus pocus or, you know, yeah. or, a, or, a, yeah, Adam's family. <laughs> I'm choking over here. Uh, that came out of nowhere.
4: I want to this is the second time we have had an independent film crew <clears throat> or independent creators come on and talk about a family-friendly horror film. Because uh, the last person we had... Um, looking through the guest list. Uh, she ended up being cast and there's hope for the kids, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> it was a project she and her mom had done and she went on to be part of a Disney Channel Movie, remember who I'm talking about, Derek? Nope. You know I have a bad memory. I know, and I'm right there with you. Uh, that's why I'm looking through my list.
3: Can we like throw out? I don't remember chen- what I had. Like that, are sure. popular? Um, um, like zombies is a big one. Was it a girl in zombies?
4: No. Um, she was in the uh Second Princess Society. I don't Isabella know if that's- <laughs> Isabella Blake Thomas. Is, her is that name. a real?
3: I'm going to look her up. Isabella Blake Thomas.
4: Isabella Blake Thomas. And now I'm going to look up what film she did.
3: Oh, her roles as Princess January in Secret Society the yes. Second Born Royce. So, yeah.
4: She I did. She did. A, the film that she produced and co-wrote with her mom is called The League of Le- of Legend Keepers. Oh. And it was almost like a Scooby-Doo-esque type, type film.
3: Scooby-Doo is how I describe this film to, like, my friends and my family. I say, like, I the kids are like the Scooby gang. Oh, that's perfect. Like yeah,
5: sure I perk me. up the second you said Scooby Doo. I saw her eyes get yes. up, Years
3: per- <laughs> I made them all. I made all the kit The kids take a picture like on like one of our last days of set, like in like the Scooby Gang pose.
4: Well, this is almost uh, League of Legend <laughs> Keepers. Um, it's it's like Scooby Doo meets uh, like Alan Quartermain Indiana Jones type vibe. So it's a little bit different, but still that same concept of it's a direction. It's something that kids could recognize cool, and, and yeah. relate to. It's got
5: that swashbuckler effect. I like. Yeah, it. yeah.
4: So it's cool that you know this is something that you know my daughter's eleven. Y'all met her briefly as she likes to interrupt. She and I do a a podcast together as well, so we may have to see about bringing y'all on for that show as well. I think she'll have a blast with that. We'll do that once the movie comes out. Cool. Um, oh, 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 that was something else that came before midnight. Oh, it stinks, yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> things that happen live while we're recording. Um, it's so bad, Samantha smells it. <laughs>
3: <What>? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs>
4: anyway um so so kind of a scooby-doo-esque vibe is what y'all are saying um does does it push the limits of getting close to like a pg-13 or on the on the on the far end of a pg-13 where there may be some some more scarier moments that maybe the kids are coming into the the bed with the parents or is it a little tamer
6: No, the the goal for me was to make something that, um, you know, that that could be fun and lighthearted and bring all the elements of a good scare movie to it. Um, I think... I, I think it's I, I caution people thinking that, it, that to describe it as a horror movie, because to me, it's not a horror movie. Right. Would you guys agree, Mike and Samantha? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it's not a horror movie. Yeah, it's it's a fun, lighthearted movie with scary elements to it. You know, it, it's uh, you know, you've got the un, you know you get the love story that's going on between uh, tough and, and Mary. And then you've got the you know, your traditional bullies. You got the best friends. Um, you know, they're all cracking jokes and having a good time. And there just so happens to be a, you know, a gnarly werewolf that is getting increasingly more vicious and and building up its strength as we get closer to the full moon. And michael's character is 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 kind of like starting to catch on to that. And he's starting to find clues and getting weird phone calls from podcasts. Um, you know, his podcast audience members that kind of lead him down this trail of breadcrumbs. Cause that was super important to me, too, is I really wanted to bring in a live stream aspect. You know, like what do kids do by themselves, right? Like when they're trying to, they do, they try to build their own live streams on Twitch. You know, they, how do they try, what is their medium to get noticed, to, to, to build relationships? And so a lot of it, I was like, okay, well, let's build it around like a live stream, you know, and, and we use that as a device constantly to kind of give tough new information as he's looking for these you know these new
4: stories and these werewolves so what with, with the podcast what was the inspiration and why was it weebie geeks <laughs>
5: <laughs> it was totally weebie geeks it's not about it after i did your show we developed the whole thing yeah, my was, brother yeah it
6: came to me and he sat me down and he said listen i don't care what you do but it's got to be based on weebie geeks or you're out you know that was in his, that was in my contract with him. Ed came and he sat me down. He looked me right in my eye, man to man. He said, we be geeks or bust. And I was (laughs) like, you got it, bro.
5: guys are an inspiration.
7: Oh, shucks. So, um, so it's about a bunch of, a couple of old farts just hanging around talking to each other?
3: Pretty much. That's the whole base of the story. <laughs> uh, you know what I think it is? I think,
5: uh, you, know, you know, watching all these podcasts and the way that, that, that kids communicate with each other is I think what's really important now for like the younger audience and I think I think Chris would agree with that. It really gets, um, it, you know, it's something that, that's contemporary and people can understand. I mean, this is really like the new medium right now. Everybody's yeah. talking on the Internet and computers and Zoom and Skype and everything else. It's not like 20 years ago where, uh, you know, the only way you communicate with people was in person. It's so much more than that now.
4: Or, or tin cans on string.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah.
5: Um, ah, The
4: Dark Ages. So was it hard to film this while still under the, the, the guidelines and safety protocols of the pandemic.
5: Well, I think Chris and the team had a real good plan in, in in place and everything was really good and everybody, you know, practiced the proper sanitary things and masking when needed and necessary, uh, giving people the room to work and everything. So I think I think we did a real good job uh, with that. It, obviously, it was definitely more difficult than any film I had done prior in that perspective. Um, but as far as this went, I, I think it went pretty well. Chris, anything you'd like to add to that?
6: Yeah. And, you know, I think that the actors also took it and the crew took it upon themselves to like really understand like hey this is it you know like this isn't the budget we got was a was a, a you know was was exactly what it needed to be no more no less to make this film and, and what it wanted and if you got sick it would really hurt and so I think that the actors took that very seriously you know I think the crew took that very seriously they You know they weren't out partying every night you know they were taking care of their bodies and drinking water and taking their vitamins or whatever that they do to make sure they didn't get sick and you know luckily we never had a call out we not one time i mean everybody really took care of themselves and and on set you know the hand sanitizer is there and you know, um, we, yeah. You know, in that regard, we, you know, we, we took that very seriously. And and I think that we would take it seriously outside of, of a pandemic, you know, like you're here to do a job and we're depending on you and, you know, there's no off days, right. you know. Um go ahead there. I was going to say, so
7: I've, I'm kind of curious, is, is the, all the extra like hand sanitizer and masks and stuff, is that stuff you have to consider in the budget or, or is that yeah. not
6: included? Well, I mean, it got significantly during 2020. It got Cineview never stopped, and it got significantly more difficult because you know we we had to do things like COVID testing, and and we you know we we mm. bear that in our budget, and you know it's not us that. Right. that that has to consider, it's our clients. And so you've got to really convince them to like, hey, these are the protocols if you want to make this thing. And, um, you know, what I know about Showtown is that they didn't stop during 2020. They were constantly trying to make moves to make this movie happen, Mm -hmm. you know. So 2020 was an interesting year, only because you got to see what you could and couldn't do in isolation. You know, what could we do with clients in isolation? What could we do filmmaking and a lot of things took place via zoom, like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh,
3: and got my call back, uh, over zoom. Yeah, oh, that's over. right. Yeah. We're, yeah. All, over We're <laughs> all over zoom. You never met me until I did time Yeah.
6: And I'm, I put you through oh, the wow. ringer too. Well, yeah. So it was he funny. Did,
3: he put me through the ringer. I thought, yeah. I role and
6: I was like I don't think I'm gonna get this <laughs> that's a it. funny no that's <laughs> great so, man, I totally forgot that's how we yeah. met so I got brought into the project after a prior director didn't work out so they brought me in and um I was going through all their casting because they had already cast like most of the film and so as I was doing the director's treatment on the on the script that Ed had done, and looking at the characters I mean I was going through and god bless Ed and uh Todd because they were like yeah go for it I mean if you want to Cut somebody, cut somebody. And we did. I mean, we cut the person that they had as the lead actress. We cut her like a week and a half, two weeks before, because it just didn't fit anymore. It just didn't work. Um, and and thank goodness we did because you know, um, you know, Madeline Cimento just was unbelievable. I love
8: Uh, her.
6: But I had to go through all the kids too, you know, and luckily I'd never met Michael either. And I sat Michael, Michael, do you remember our first time like over Zoom? Yeah, pretty
9: heard, yeah. Because like I was just walking through. Like no shirt.
6: Yeah, that's right. He was just like he had just got done working out because I guess Michael's like like super into being health conscious. Like for some whatever reason, he's like super into working. It. So he just goes walking past camera with no shirt on, and he and uh, Ed goes, "Hey, hey, uh, Michael, come here, so, come say hi to Chris." And Michael, I'm B, just all pecs, just leans in. He's like, "Hey, how are you?" Like, okay, there it is. <laughs> I, I think I, mean, I,
4: I think Michael wants to be the next Gene Snitsky.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I
6: can grow that. Can you call him Magic Mike? Magic Mike McKeever. And he's fearless too. Michael's fearless, man. There, we. So competitive. I mean, he'll do anything. I mean, we. There was there was times where, um, you know, I I I would have the cast and the crew trek out a quarter of a mile, half a mile, a mile into the woods to find some secluded spot that looked amazing, and we're trucking all this gear and all this stuff. Well, one day we we I I went and I found an amazing spot for, for this, uh, part where we were filming in the Springs and there was this giant, like 40 foot tall tree and Michael would, would climb up to the top of this 40 foot tree and do like backflips and shit off of it. It was so, and like the entire time the crew and the cast was like, that's the lead, that's the lead. We're all panicking. That's the lead, you know? And he was just fearless, man. So... <laughs> I wasn't but, smart. I shouldn't have risked that. <laughs> no, I, I chewed him out afterwards. You guys
5: don't know. I was having a heart attack when he dove off that thing. I'm like, oh, my God. But it's <laughs> like
6: he does, he's going to do his own stunts. Like, if he keeps doing this, he's going to, you know, he's going to be Tom Cruise on the side of the plane hanging off himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, in space.
9: That's why I like to mention I did all my stunts in this film. <laughs> <laughs> every, every stunt that
3: was all made. <laughs>
6: There was a bunch of, like, I was like, hey, Michael, would you mind falling, like, over this bike? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll fall over this bike. I mean, it was just. Care, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of trust, you know, they, I mean, all the kids, you know, you have to keep in mind. I mean, it's, it's Florida in, you know, it was August, wasn't it? Was it July or August, Mike or Ed? August. We started in July and then we filmed right through August. The track yeah. out in the blue hole and I
5: expected, like, alligators and, and all kinds <laughs> of scary stuff. That was, like, the, the hottest days of July. Yeah,
6: it was hot. But I mean, they trusted us. We had an amazing production team that was making sure everybody was hydrated and cool. And um, but, you know, I'm a I'm very much an on site director. Like I love being in the grit of a film. I, you know, um, and they, you know, they trusted and the kids, I, you know, they they connected really fast um, and I got to meet all of them via Zoom. Our first time together with Samantha was via Zoom. Uh. That was crazy.
3: I cause I was casted with the original director and then I got like a random text from uh Ed or Todd and they're like, Oh, we got a new director, hang tight. And I didn't hear back for like two weeks and I'm like, Can I just get fired? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, signed the original deal memo. It was all set to go. I was, like, hooking Kyle up to see who my boyfriend was going to be in the show, in the movie. And then I didn't hear back from them for so long. And they're like, don't worry, we're still working on it. Because, like, I reached out again. And then I met with Chris. And I was so intimidated because he was making me go through the script. And, like, making me do all these scenes in different ways. And I was like, I suck. I suck. I'm so bad. He hates me. He doesn't like me. <laughs> I mean, it worked out. I got it. But I was so nervous. He you to like stand up and go stand against a wall and like twirl to see what I looked like.
6: Funny. Yeah, it's just it. You lo- it's so hard in on via Zoom because you know you don't really know what it's like until they're in the room with you. So even after going through with all the kids, because I did it with all the kids, I still needed to have an in-person rehearsal. Like I needed to see them. So they didn't even have the job, in my opinion, until they got into that room, and they didn't even know it. I mean, I talked to Ed, and again, clearly, Ed, Ed and Todd, they they literally were. They, there was so much trust. I was like, I don't know if they're in it yet. And they're like, well, do your in-person rehearsals and we'll deal with it then. They were so trusting. And luckily, the kids come in, all of them nail it. I mean, every single one of them. They're funny. They're bright. They're, you know, they're exactly what the movie was calling for. Um, and so, you know, we we really lucked out in that regard is that, like, the kids really just started vibing. They really started gelling together. Well, I uh, see I, I see Todd's on so we can get his side on? of the story.
5: Yeah, it looks like Todd's coming in. I see Todd there, but I got to tell you, I mean, Todd and I felt really strong that the core people we were putting in front of front of Chris were the right people. I mean, we're like, no, this is treating. This is tough. This is um, and but when we lost our, our our actress or we were no longer able to work with our, our lead actress um, I, when Chris. Had Madeline I mean I wish Madeline was here She may even call in Before we get done I mean she, She was great I think I think the young people In our film Did a great job I can't wait to show it
6: yeah, I remember sitting down via Zoom the first time I met Michael in person. Like, it was like, oh, this is tough. You know, like it just made sense, you know, and it, and just like that, the dominoes just started kind of falling at that point, you know, oh, that's tough. That makes sense. Madeline, you know, it was real close between Madeline and this other actress, but Madeline just brought it. And, you know, she just had a, she has this interesting energy about her that makes her likable and you want to watch her. And then, you know, Samantha's just so comical. Um, and so is dylan like super comical (laughs) um you know dylan and triago is just uh you know it's 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 a fun kids film you know I really feel it's a preteen teenager kind of vibe but it's got really great elements for the adults it's still fun for the adults to watch with them because you know I really truly believe that there are no more generational gaps I believe that parents and kids for the most part are listening to the same music especially in their you know parents in their 30s like I am I mean we listen it's kind of scary in a weird way you know it's a little Kurt Cobainy. I'm a little scared because there's no generational gaps but at the same time it's like you know (laughs) how cool is is it that you know you're able to present a film that both the parents and the kids are, are probably going to enjoy equally
4: you know it's a good story I, I know how you feel with that um i can't i'll put this challenge out to, to ed and, and michael but you know with my daughter and i my daughter's one if she sees a kid wearing a police Pat Benatar or Pink Floyd or Def Leppard t-shirt. She's like, so what's your favorite song? They're like, I don't know. It's just a shirt my parents had and I just like the shirt. And mm-hmm. she'll turn around and rattle off like four or five songs from the artist. Like, honey, it's great that you know this, but you need to bring it down some. <laughs> so,
5: yeah, Michael, I'm sorry, I cut you off.
4: She does not like a lot of the the modern stuff rock wise. She loves all the classic. Okay, musically, yeah, my, she she's a generation behind.
5: Yeah, Michael would be in a deficit with me because I'm behind. Um, I'm I still listen to my father's music. My dad used to drive around up in New Jersey in his '77 Lincoln, playing uh, CBS 101.5. You know, Buddy oh, Holly, Elvis. Yeah, yeah. So that's the stuff that I listen to. So uh, luckily, those stations aren't even around on the radio anymore. So Michael can't even hear them. Yeah.
2: Hey, Dylan. Howdy, howdy! What's up, Dylan? Hey, I just uh, just wanted to join in. Sorry, I'm late. I like. I was, uh, I was uh, just finishing Scott. up the uh, opening night of the show I'm doing.
3: Congratulations!
6: Congratulations! Oh, Evil Dead a musical, huh?
2: Really? Evil Dead the musical, yeah.
4: Oh, that sounds so cool. Huh? Now uh, is
2: this cool a to... is
4: it a high school production
2: or a college <laughs> it is production? A very uh very Dylan, bloody show. Oh. I am uh I'm covered in uh, fake blood right now, so that's that's a lot of fun.
5: Sweet. What's the name of your theater group, uh, Dylan? So this way uh, some people can hear about it. Yeah. So uh. Evil Dead the
2: musical it is uh playing over at the Titusville Playhouse over in Brevard County um it is only going to be this weekend and the next weekend cuz after that they have uh, the Rocky Horror Show <laughs> uh,
4: know that show very well know the movie very
2: well <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot of fun but uh tonight was opening night it was a uh, it was a little scary because it was started raining earlier, but everything worked out to the best it can. We got some good like feedback from the audience. Um, so whoever's listening, uh, definitely if you can make your way out, would really love to support and uh, see your faces. I, was- I get nervous when I see a thing on there that says like uh, the
5: Slash Zone. So- <laughs> Well, it reminds me of like a Gallagher show for us older folks
2: in, in the thing.
4: <laughs> Sham- yeah. Shamu at sea world.
2: Yeah, the Splash Zone. Um, so we've before, like last year, uh, we added like just minimal, like uh, just like blood zones. But this year we've added like at least like four times as more blood. So it's, it reaches out more to the audience, which is really, really cool. That's awesome. So People are bringing their, uh, ponchos and whatnot tonight. That's that awesome. is-
4: and that's not because of the rain. And I know the rain you're talking about because we had it here in Orlando. Oh yeah. It, it, it shut down a couple of my shows. Uh, I work at Walt Disney World.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. We were scared that might, that, that was probably going to happen, but luckily, uh, that didn't. That's good to hear. It's it like, uh, Oh, of course. Um, of course there's a, there's a 90% chance rain at this exact spot. <laughs>
4: So before you came on, um, Mike and Michael and Samantha were just telling us how bad you were on set. So if no, you, if you want to bad. That's <laughs> <I'm>
0: such a <alive>. lie. <laughs> oh no! We we instigate so well. <laughs> um,
4: no, they were telling us what a little is bit. We stuff. Okay, I instigate. I'm a dad. That's <laughs> what I do. Chris, well, Chris, and Ed will back me up on that. Instigating is <laughs> is fun. It's in the dad contract. Um, I think we were just getting ready to start talking about each person character so since i embarrassed dylan a little bit i'll have him start first tell us a little bit about your character in the beast come at midnight
2: uh so the character mutt yeah he's uh i would feel he's almost the uh comedic relief in a way um a <laughs> bit of a slob bit of a heartthrob for uh, madeline's character um <laughs> Uh, or at least he thinks he wants, he, he thinks that he is a uh, heartthrob, but, um, but no, he, he's the kind of character where he's just trying to, you know, go along with just trying to have a good time. Um, he eats a lot. He is a slob. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've had to eat a burrito um, on set. So that was a, that was quite a trip. <laughs> uh, um but it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh,
4: okay. Well, as we will wait for your connection. Go ahead. Your, your
2: connection was breaking up. So. There we go. There you are. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, it was a. I really love Mud as a character. I feel like I could relate to him in a way where he's um he's just a kid, you know, and that's always fun just being a kid. Uh,
4: Mike Michael. Okay, I gotta ask, being a Mike myself, do you prefer Mike or Michael?
9: Uh, I'll go with Michael, so we can call you Mike.
4: Not a problem. So, Michael, how about your character?
9: Well, tough. He's down his luck. I mean, his father, I don't even... I don't know where he is for most of the film. Uh, His friends are all leaving him. You know, it sucks. And he's supposed to be a loser, but this girl keeps on coming to his house, like, a lot. So, I don't know how he's considered a loser, but he is. (laughs) And, like, He's like, he's trying to hunt down a werewolf and nobody believes him. It sucks.
5: That might have been the simplest explanation I've ever heard of. <laughs> 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 it went on and on. And
3: Michael's like, this is
5: around, And then he like hunts a werewolf. <laughs> like, you know, everyone else gets to eat burritos. I'm told I can't jump off a tree into a water. Yeah, just natural evidence.
4: <laughs> what about it's you, just so the Normal things in life. <laughs> What? Samantha, how about you?
3: Oh, okay. So Trini, it's crazy because when I first got the role, she was completely different from how she's presented in the movie. Um, When I first auditioned and everything, they made me talk in like this valley girl accent. And she was much more, I don't want to use the word, but like a little slutty and would wear more revealing clothing. (laughs) She she, she was. And um, she's... She still kind of kept aspects of that. She's a the stereotypical high school cheerleader. She's a senior. She has the stereotypical jock uh, quarterback boyfriend who they fight like crazy, but they love each other at the end of the day. She's um, really a big sister figure to Madeline's character, Mary. So I like my favorite scenes were filmed with Madeline. Um, I loved working with her. Trini was just so much fun to portray. She was really comical, as Chris mentioned. Um, she didn't take herself too seriously, and she was, she hated mutt, too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I just would, like, give Dylan, like, the death stare, like, during some scenes. It was so fun. Um, <laughs> she, I did. He <laughs> would, like, eat a breed on it, didn't you? She was just so much fun to play. And she's just very outgoing, very confident in herself, very confident that she has her boyfriend wrapped around her finger and very confident that she can just get whatever she wants. But also keeping that, like, big sister vibe and being very gentle with Mary. And at the end, she is the first person to take Mary and tough side. She's very, like, welcoming and understanding of Mary's weird thing with tough.
4: <laughs> so I gotta ask, can we hear a little bit of this belly girl
3: accent? I don't even <laughs> So, <laughs> there was a line in the original script I was sent, and it was um, about the line was like, "I have these swag earrings," and it always made me laugh when I was like practicing wall <laughs> back. So <laughs> I like showed it to them. I still have like the original script pulled up. So it was okay. Wait, I'm gonna try to do it. Get swag it Swag. She was like.
8: Swag earrings.
3: So I work at the mall, and I have these like really <laughs> swag earrings. And your dad's hot, Mary. And like stuff like that. Like that was the <laughs> lines. It was so funny. It was so fun. Very <laughs> like, very drawn out. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Thank you. You're hired.
3: Amazing. Thank you. And so when my callback with Chris, I was talking like that. And he was like, don't talk like that. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I yeah, that was our first introduction to each other. Was like, girl. Because
3: they like, got hired talking like that. Like I went through callbacks talking like that. And he was like, who told you? To, no, don't do that. <laughs> <was>
4: like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for Michael, Dylan and Samantha, who, where did you turn for inspiration for your characters?
3: Definitely like the stereotypical kind of mean girl, but like the high school versions, kind of like the Disney Channel mean girl. Okay. <laughs> like I grew up watching Lizzie McGuire. Like that's my favorite show. And there was this villain, Kate, who was the blonde popular girl who had like the hot boyfriend who was mean, but had like really close friends. So I really turned to like the stereotypical PG Disney Channel mean girl. Okay. That was me. Yeah.
9: The person that I turned to was the kid from Phantasm. I forgot his name, but I kind of had that.
4: Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Great choice of movies too.
9: Oh yeah. His name is Michael.
4: What about you Dylan?
6: (laughs) Yeah, no. Um,
4: I have to try that again, Dylan. You're breaking up. Oh,
2: sorry about that. Hang on. Oh, No problem. No problem. All right. um, I should
4: have told you we're very laid back. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe too Um, laid back.
2: Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the inspiration, uh, came from, uh, Dustin from stranger things. And um, mouth uh, from the Goonies, (sighs) you know, oh, Ah, nice. (laughs) Almost 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 like that sort of um, uh, just sort almost like dirty and crass. But, you know, he's just sort of just kind of whatever, you know. I like that. um i've also yeah uh, I also just like reading over like i that's that's kind of how i'm times where like just sometimes i just like to act stupid and that's sort of my way of just acting like kind of dumb in a way um when it comes to just uh mutt being like over the top sometimes and just sort of making his mouth run and whatever you know <laughs>
4: What what is everyone, so this goes out to everyone, favorite moment on set or while filming?
5: I got to tell you, what I really liked about everybody on set, and I see I cut Samantha off. So, Samantha, you remember what you were going to say? You're going to go first. All right. I I like the way everybody kind of gelled together. Uh, We we put everything together really quickly. I think it was a combination of we had a, a great resource of people that we were working with. Uh, Chris was very welcome to everybody, worked with everybody, uh, really made all the kids feel comfortable. Uh, we also had some actors there. I mean, it's very interesting when you get to see, in this case, my son, Michael, working with, you know, an Academy Award nominated actor in, in Eric Roberts. And we had Michael Paré there and the kids were interacting with these 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 actors that have been working in the business for 40 years with some of the biggest Names in Hollywood, and yet everyone showed up on set to do their job, and it was everybody was respectful and kind, and you know looking forward to a really good uh, lunch every day because I got to tell you, Chris's team was great about putting together a great meal for everybody, and I think it was more the camaraderie of everything than the actual process of making the film for me.
6: Yeah, uh, Chris, um, you know, um, I think, um, I think that. I think that my most favorite parts of of the film were in the times where the pressure was really on the kids to perform the the times where um you know we were down we had two hours left we had to get through a bunch of i mean we it was an absolute insane process it was one of the most insane i've been making films for 10 years this was an insane process i mean there were days where we were trying to book like nine pages a day which is unheard of and the kids were just there for it you know, and we would get to the last two hours and you would see these 20 somethings. In Mike's case, you know, Michael's case, he was, you know, he's 15 and, you know, they would just rally for me, you know, and, and you know, they would be goofing off and you're and, like, you know, hanging out, doing TikToks or whatever they're doing over there to the side. But, you know, when it came time to shine, you know. Um, you know, I, it was just as a matter of guys, I really need you to pull this one off. Like this is the take and man, every single time in an hour in a spot right now, where we're combing through all the footage and there are times multiple times where I've been, while well, I'm combing through the footage and putting stuff into, into the cut, into the edit here, where you can hear me talking to the kids off screen. I'm like, guys, I really need this one to be it. Like, you've got to pull this off. And every single time, the kids take a deep breath and they pull it off in that take that lets us keep moving. Because when, and, and I think that's what made me the most, like, proud was like, because there, it's very difficult for actors to do a good job if they don't respect the process, if they don't enjoy the story, you know, and it felt in those moments that everybody was in We were all there enjoying this process and this story, no matter how late it was or how grueling it was. So I think those are my most favorite moments. Samantha.
5: Samantha, I know I cut you off, so I apologize. (laughs) It's
3: okay. Um, uh, my favorite moment um, again I loved working with everyone I got really close with a bunch of the casting crew um, but I remember one moment when we were in <laughs> this is so random I don't know why I came to head. we were in the springs filming um, in the water that day and I had like a full face of makeup on like I had like lipstick and like stuff. And I had my, my hair done and Chris goes to me and Kyle. He's like, look like a couple and like be romantic. And we're like, oh, okay. And we had to like, <laughs> so Kyle like picks me up and we're waiting for Chris tail action. I'm like, okay, Kyle, you can do anything. Just don't throw me in the water. Just don't throw me because all my makeup's wrong. Cause my lipstick will go all over my face. He's like, okay, got it. Chris goes three, two, one action. Kyle throws me. And I just splash in the water and go in the water, and I was so mad. At him. And then Chris was like, "Okay, redo." Like, and then we had to keep doing that. Where Kyle had to throw me in the water, and I was getting so mad at him. And he was like, "What?" So, like, the one rule was don't throw me. But like, I was so mad at him now. But like, looking back, like, of course Kyle did that. Like, that's just personality. But it was so fun, and like being with. Like, Madeline and Dylan and Kyle. And like, even Mike was there that day, like in the Springs, which is a really great memory for me. It was even though my shorts were like stained Brown, by the then of it from like the mud, it was just such a great day.
5: And, and while we're talking about the Springs. I got to tell you, Chris did a phenomenal job. I mean, we drove like an hour and 20 minutes to get to that location. It may have been the furthest place that we drove to get to um, because Chris wanted to have the perfect spring. And I remember it was it was unique because we, we had a meet at a campground and then we drove down a highway in the back of a pickup truck and <laughs> some dude some dude comes running out of the woods like um like uh, like Indiana Jones or something like he's gonna take us on an excursion he's waving us and we follow this guy over trees and bushes over like, uh, and, and uh, barbed wire yeah there was barbed wire we <laughs> climb over barbed oh wire not God. that we trespassed or anything it's just because of the inaccessibility of where we were shooting. Um, and then we get back there and then really, it was like an oasis. You got back there and there's this beautiful water and it's this lush greenery and it, for, it actually transported me back. The first thing I could think of was, a uh, which was filmed right near there, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. It, was, it, it was just
6: awesome.
4: So y'all, y'all were up near the, uh, Wekaiva, no, not
6: Wekaiva, Uh We were, we were Wikiwachi? right outside of, we were right outside of watching, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, some gorgeous things up in that area. Yeah, for one of them. For the spring area, particularly. Yeah, that was a yeah, dig deep kind of day for the coal cast and crew. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, and it started raining, and there's nowhere to go because you're in the middle of nothing. And so. You we were stuck
3: in the water. Like <laughs> The cast was stuck in the water as it's pouring.
6: Yep. And they can't move. They can't, they can't they can't they can't get out of the spring. So it's, it's just pouring rain. And, you know, nobody cares about the actors at all right now because we're caring about the camera. You know, it's a, you know, a ninety thousand dollar rig that we're trying to protect. And we're like, kids, don't move. It's just drizzling.
2: <laughs> uh,
9: memories. Michael,
4: favorite moment.
9: Oh, my favorite moment was working with Michael Prey. Really? He was so professional. He gave me so many tips. I mean, he was great to work with. And uh, another favorite moment was getting kicked by Eric Roberts like 20 times.
6: (laughs) That was fun. God, Eric Roberts, man. (laughs) He's a trip. (laughs) Great cast, great crew. Loved everybody
5: we worked with. And I got to tell you, Chris did a great job of wrangling um, uh, some much more experienced actors and some actors who weren't as experienced, including myself, who makes a cameo in the film. And uh, Chris made me look like a Hollywood superstar. So, uh, you know, you got to appreciate that.
4: With Eric Roberts, you just got to say Best of the Best and Best of the Best too, and what other films he was in.
5: I, I got to tell you, <laughs> Best I, of what, the Best
4: what, is where I first caught a hold of him with acting. And yeah. that was a great film.
5: My, my first experience with Eric Roberts, and I know I don't, I'll church this up because we have some younger people here in the audience. When I was like five years old, I woke up in the middle of the night and started watching this fun movie called Star 80. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I caught the last fifteen minutes of that, and I think it, it, it had an adverse effect on my psyche because the end of that movie is just brutal, and based yeah. on a true story. And yeah. uh, Eric Roberts' character in that is completely irredeemable. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a, a repugnant human being. Um, so when I was sitting there talking, mm-hmm. we were at lunch. I was just like, my first experience with you was when I was five years old, and I caught Star Eighty at like two o'clock in the morning.
4: And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, for me, my my first uh, coming to know Eric Roberts was Best of the Best. That was like right in the height of the whole um, Chuck Norris stuff, the um, American Ninja stuff and all that. And then all of a sudden, here's this film. And it's like, wow. It,
5: yeah, even the sequel was funny. It was in the sequel, but then they also made a three and a four, and and, and Eric wasn't in those. Uh, yeah, I think the eighth gentleman became the, the the lead of the series because I think it killed everyone else off except for Eric Roberts' character. I think so. Yeah,
4: it's, pop-
5: it's on Netflix, folks. I'd watch it. It's worth watching. The
4: the, the whole series isn't that bad. Um, and <laughs> Todd, you could jump in any time. It's not a problem.
0: Hey guys, this is Todd. Can you hear me? Hey. We hear you just fine. Hey, what's going on, oh, brother? Okay. Yeah. I don't know who's on the call. I'm doing this on my phone. I'm not that good with the technology stuff, you know. I see Chris, I see Samantha, Dylan, I hear Ed, yep. and you guys. Yeah. I'll see everyone. Feel free to jump in anytime.
5: Yep. For anyone listening, uh Todd is uh the other producer of the film and you know, the guy we wouldn't have been able to put it together if it weren't for his assistance, his constant prodding of me uh to get this thing going. So uh I appreciate you and love you for that, brother.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a real fluid situation and um an exciting one there's there so many things to make this thing not happen and not work and fail probably a million um and uh you know fortunately we came across chris at the right time and uh, he was willing to jump on very late in the game actually a few weeks before we had to start shooting and uh he, he just he just grabbed his nuts and jumped in man and we love him for that uh the actors were great uh, working with you know you guys were just talking about uh Pere and uh, eric roberts and just the, the, the way that we came across those guys and got them involved is just i mean you can do a few you can do a whole series just about the making of this movie and um and you won't be disappointed You, you keep people entertained for a long time um but eric roberts was cool man uh you guys were talking about your first experience with eric roberts or seeing eric roberts i remember being a kid coming home from school and watching uh The Pope of Greenwich Village, when he loses his thumb. uh, So to me, that was Eric Roberts. And uh, the whole thing was a trip. He flew into the airport. I picked him up. Uh, We had breakfast together, uh, which was really cool. You know, people coming up to him. You know, I know you. I know you. Who are you? I know you're a famous guy, you know and um, uh-huh. and then he then he passed out because he was working the entire day before he we went straight to the airport flew out here picked him up in tampa and then we went out to the set after he had a schnooze and uh, he worked his butt off man that guy that guy is a real true workhorse actor um a real highwayman kind of actor and he was phenomenal to work with parade was was really intense uh, i mean a real serious guy Great guy, uh, Brooklyn guy. Um, another fantastic actor. I think I think the crew and the director and the producers and all the actors involved that got to uh, even just you know rub shoulders elbows with with those guys really gained a lot out of it. So the whole experience has been fantastic. I think it's great for the area and what we're trying to do in this area. Um, and I, I think this movie is, once, once you guys see it, it's going to knock your socks off for, for what we did here, uh, for what it is. And um, it's going to accomplish its mission, which is to uh, let everyone know that we've got some really great talent here in the area. And uh, we're, we're not going away. We're going to continue to make some great, great motion pictures down here. Well, I, I'm excited to see Florida uh, slowly turn into
4: um, a film location again. Uh, when I moved down here 25 years ago, You know, it was right at the start of that boom and everyone was saying Florida is going to be the next Hollywood. And then everything slowly went on decline and and it just didn't happen. So I'm glad to see more of that coming back, uh, especially on the independent level. Uh, I think, you know, if it's going to start anywhere, it's got to start at the independent level. And uh,
0: well, the great the great thing about this movie, too, is, is that we filmed in Gibsonton at the Showman's Museum, which brings in all the carnival history. And about 100 years ago, uh, before the Depression, they were trying to bring Hollywood to this area, to the Gibsonton area. And um, they even started naming the streets after actors uh, down there. And the streets are still named after the actors down there from from that day. and then, of course, the depression hit and, and uh, they, they weren't able to pull off bringing Hollywood to the Tampa Bay area. So but yeah, over the years, um, you know, there's always been someone trying to bring a studio and saying they're going to bring Hollywood to Florida, the Tampa Bay area. Uh, I think the timings right now, as you can see with the pandemic and everything that's been going on in Hollywood, so many films are getting produced in Florida now. Um, so many films that probably would have went to Miami are not going to Pinellas County, Hillsborough County. Um, it's, it's just an amazing time to be in this business in this area. The opportunities are huge. We just need to get the state on the same side and start offering the same types of incentives that other states offer, and then there'd be really nothing stopping us in this area from being uh, what, what we see uh, coming this way. Uh, plus, we have so many people moving here, so many industries coming here. It just makes sense that uh, the film industry will expand as well.
4: I, mean, I I think that's always been the problem: is uh, the state just doesn't offer enough incentives. Uh, to make it worth staying in the area, I mean, you, you see projects start up, then season two, and then they're they're moved on.
6: Um, well, I, you know, I think it's catch twenty two. I think that um, film Tampa Bay particularly goes out of its way to encourage local development. I think that um, the sweetheart deals that they cut for independent filmmakers like us um, allow, you know, this movie alone employed 92 crew members Sweet. right here in the bay area we had over wow. 60 actors right here in the bay area and we wouldn't have done it without the support of hillsborough county you know and that was that was what was so beautiful about it and you know i think there's this giant misnomer that um you know if we're not getting in these million do- you know multi-million dollar films then it's not worth it and i think that the evidence is pretty clear you know you go to a Every meal that we ordered was from a mom and pop shop. Every hotel that we, you know, we put money into, it helps that, you know, um, we're proving and Todd is proving that, um. You know, keeping the money here in Tampa makes the most sense and it works. You know, I and I think it's for every what is it like a thousand every every thousand dollars is is like two thousand dollars made or something crazy like that. I mean, oh. um, you know, there there's a lot of really great reasons to be here and Todd's proving that, you know, Ed's proving that. Um you know 150 people is nothing to hold your nose up at um and don't let them catch on yet you know because that's my opinion let us have all the fun down here let us have all the locations down here you know let us let us show you what you don't have yet um you know that's what i that's my feeling i've been and i'm a florida boy through and through was born and raised here i've been to every single part of florida uh, that you could think of, I filmed in almost every part of Florida that you can think of, um, and I'm telling you, it's like, yeah, we'll do it here. We'll do it without you, and uh, we get the support of a a badass film commission. You know, well, we're I, good. I think
4: we see the same thing. Um other parts of the country as well because i know where i lived in louisiana where i still have family um i'm up in the you know, i got family up in the shreveport louisiana area and it's the same thing You know, ah. the state is offering a lot of a lot of incentives for staying in state i mean hurricane ravages new orleans if you're able to move up to the shreveport area or baton rouge whatnot and film in the studios there they, they help offer incentives to make it happen and we have a couple new cast the members kids. on
6: The kids are here.
3: (laughs) Madeline and Kyle are here.
6: I'm so glad the kids are here. Uh, Kyle's got to figure out how to unmute himself. (laughs)
3: Let's
6: see how long it takes.
3: Oh, it is record time! (laughs) record time!
6: The only thing is we lost Dylan
5: somewhere.
3: Yeah, I re- had to go work. He's he in do the recording studio.
5: We please miss you,
3: Dylan. The ch- chat my best regards. I have to work.
5: Uh, uh, please our best. And Madeline, Kyle, welcome, guys.
8: Thank you. Sorry I'm late.
4: That's all right. So we asked everyone else, so we'll, we'll ask You guys, uh, tell us a little bit about your characters. We'll start with Madeline.
8: So, I play Mary. She is a sophomore, and I am Trini's best friend. Trini is played by Samantha. Um, And so, I'm sort of the head cheerleader sidekick, I guess you could say. Um, But I also take an interest in this supernatural stuff that's going on in the town that Tuff is researching. So, I'm sort of pulled in both directions, I guess, trying to decide because I've got these two groups going on. Um, but eventually at the end, we all sort of come together and learn to appreciate our differences.
4: Uh, what about you, Kyle? We have no audio from Kyle.
8: Wow.
6: And he's unmuted. Kyle's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> he's the mute cowboy. Yeah, he's, he's the cowboy. It's funny because he's a musician that has to record all the time. <laughs> and he's having the audio issues. The funny part is, I'm you hey, cowboy. That sounds like
4: a good movie idea. Yeah. <laughs> what what I do at Walt Disney World is I'm an audio engineer. Oh wow,
5: this so, must pain you to watch this.
4: No, this is fun to watch because. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the group that I'm <laughs> group I'm mixing right now, uh or that I've been mixing the last two days, they're they're doing their own in ear monitors. So when they come up to me and complain about their in-ear mix, it's like that's not my problem, it's your problem. You're doing your own mixes. He, <laughs> he oh,
0: boy.
5: I,
4: I think he's probably gonna try and reconnect. <laughs> uh the other question that we have been asking um uh, was favorite moment on set.
8: Ooh, on set.
4: Or it could be offset with the group, either or.
8: That's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I guess this is, could kind of count, but the scene at the Springs, that whole journey, we're <laughs> journey <laughs> very off the main road location. Um, that was fun. The spiders weren't super fun and the, <laughs> all that. But yeah. Chris did a good job of clearing most of them. Hmm. So, But yeah, that whole day was super fun um, in the Springs and... Bonding together over those moments.
5: Yeah, it's not an exaggeration. There were people macheting their way through so we could find a perfect <laughs> filming location. Like yeah. it was, it was like, it was like winding up in the beginning of Indiana Jones. I thought people were going to chase, start blowing darts at us and stuff. I mean, we were
0: out there.
6: <laughs> it's just a lot of trust went into the process, man. That's all I could say. It's like I, from <laughs> beginning to end, from from Todd and, and Ed taking a risk. Cause I, I think that it needs to really, it cannot be overstated. How big of a risk that Todd and Ed were willing to take by pulling me in, you know, at the uh, at the 11th hour. You know, it was uh, honestly, you know, it was a huge risk and it paid off, in my opinion. Not to toot my own horn here, but we made a pretty badass movie.
0: Uh, (laughs) I I appreciate that, Chris. Um, I I like the word trust uh, over uh, desperation or or, you know, (laughs) ignorance. So, yeah, trust Trust is a good word. Yeah, we'll just go with trust. I like trust. Very
4: cool. Hey.
6: And, it, and it trickled down, you know, it trickled down from Todd and Ed down to the crew, down to, you know, we down to the cast. And, and um, you know, there was some crazy requests that I was making, you know, you know, at, at one point I needed to the finale, for instance, the finale went from a two day shoot to a seven day shoot. And, you know, Todd and Ed were just like, OK, that's what it's got to be then. You know, it was just there was a lot of trust that. that Went into this process uh, on the technical aspect of it. Okay.
4: And also it also is sounding like with the spring getting to the springs, y'all were so glad y'all didn't hear. Hey, look. There's tourists.
5: Don't think I wasn't thinking it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so, Kyle, let's if
5: I it. heard banjo, you'd seen, you'd never see a three hundred pound man swim so fast in your life. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
4: Look, Maul. there's one. Hello. Yeah, we have audio.
1: Oh, beautiful. Hello, everybody.
4: So, uh, we'll turn it into a two part question for you. First, tell us a little bit about your character. Okay.
1: My character was Wes. He was the guy that everybody either loved or hated, and if they hated him, because they wanted to be him, typical high school bully. But he had a little bit of a soft spot. Um, you know, he's very controlled by his girlfriend. True definition whipped, and kind of whatever she said is kind of the way that he would go. So if he wanted to, you know, whoever she was friends with, he had to be friends with. So um, that was kind of my character was the uh, the cool guy, but also the guy that would do anything for his lovely girlfriend.
4: <laughs> second favorite moment on set or offset
1: favorite moment all favorite
4: moment the question favorite moment while filming
1: favorite moment while filming hmm that is a really tough question. Um hmm, that is a really tough question. There's I mean, we had a blast um every day on set. Um everybody's really great. Got to work with I mean, awesome people. Um, I really liked the uh, the pool scene. That was that was fun. We went to uh Chris's um was that your parents' house or grandmother's house? I can't remember. It's like a family house.
6: We have a family house in Lakes that we went to.
1: Was Mrs. Okay, Matt's yeah, house. family house. That was a, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, that was a fun day. We were just all kind of, you know, we, we were just out working all day and then, you know, we all started swimming and having fun and, you know, we filmed. So I really enjoyed that day. That was a, a lot of fun.
4: Was there a moment, uh, I guess this is for the for the kids, was there a moment that Chris asked y'all to do something and y'all just said no?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this moment? On Ooh! No, I'm
4: kidding. <laughs> so, you want to elaborate on on the moments,
0: Fiona? Samantha? <laughs> See, I feel it.
3: it's not my moment to say. I Let,
0: let's to just say, say we had to make it a PG film. Okay.
6: Not because of me. Not because of anything I asked. I never. I no 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 no. That's not. That's not what it is.
2: I never asked.
6: There was never a moment where I was asking them to go out of like PG PG thirteen stuff. That never happened. I asked I'll them to trek a, into the to the middle I'll, of the woods, but that's about it.
8: I have a scene in mind that was not. I was not involved in. But the um the roach scene. Oh, which which did <laughs> oh, <laughs> It never happened. Yeah, I, I couldn't find to... enough
6: roaches.
3: Yeah, okay, thank you. I was supposed to, we ran out of time filming, I think because of like weather or something. And I was supposed to get roaches dumped on me and it never happened. And I'm very happy it Ooh. didn't happen.
6: Yeah, <laughs> you would not believe how hard it is to find like 200 roaches for sale. Like
3: Never asked me about either. He was just going to make me do it.
6: In the script, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> 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 you know,
1: I found it um very difficult because uh, I was driving the truck in the movie, and um, I found it very difficult n- to not hit anybody. So I had to concentrate on hitting the brakes and like hitting like a certain spot when I had to brake every single time to get the right shot. And you know, the cameras maybe I don't know a couple feet away from me, and there's a whole bunch of people there, and I'm like, oh god, like I have to make sure I hit this spot every time. If not, it's going to be bad. So that was like probably the most stressful part for me.
6: That's actor brain, because we were legitimately on a long lens that was like eight feet away from your mark. You were just in actor brain mode. Like we were
1: so far away from you. Eight feet. That seemed like that seemed so close though. That's nothing. That seemed like it was like right here. It was it was like scary. So Yeah, you were scared a lot.
6: I was surprised. I was like, what's all these muscles for? You're scared all the time.
4: (laughs) So as an audio engineer, I'll translate. Roger says, "Long lens, eight feet away." Actor says, "It feels like six inches." Reality was probably twenty feet. Just uh, no. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Maybe it was twenty foot of audio cable that was used. (laughs) Sorry, bad jokes. I try. Chris is hating me now. No response. I don't hate.
0: (laughs) Why? Get that hat, Kyle. (laughs)
1: Because I'm a I'm a Jersey cowboy. What can I say?
6: So. You could say that. You could say I'm a Jersey Cowboy.
1: Believe it or All not, right. South Jersey,
5: they do exist. Um, there's parts of South Jersey. It yeah. might as well be Kentucky.
0: That's very really? true.
1: I'm from there. Yeah. I was, interesting. Interesting. I was South born Jersey. in
0: Kentucky Wait, wait, wait You've heard the, of the Jersey Cow, right? Or heard of the Jersey Cow
1: Yes The longest
5: running rodeo in the country Is actually Cowtown, New Jersey yeah. It's not yeah. Jersey Like I said,
4: I was born in Kentucky So
5: yeah. well, I, you I like out, the
4: reference
5: Pennsylvania near there If you go to Pennsylvania across the, the border there They call that Pennsylvania
4: yeah, yeah, yeah I've got friends in that area Yeah,
5: yeah. I've got friends in little places <laughs> yeah, but I think the fact we really love is the one thing we were very fortunate with, and I was kind of touching upon when we were talking with Chris earlier, is just all the locations we have look so great on film. Uh, Everything from uh, the central Florida area uh, using the the natural waterways and and the use of the showman's club and the foliage and the skies. And Chris, you can elaborate on this. I mean, I I don't think you could better utilize the scenery of Florida than we did in this film.
6: Yeah, I mean, it was always the thing to try and make Florida's environments, uh, you know, a, a big character throughout the whole movie, you know, especially because we're trying to show two different sides of town. You know, we were trying to show this, you know, metropolis that's happening right on the outskirts of the more rural area. You know, and that's where you get the the two groups, you know, Tufts kind of sideshow town of Gibsington, and then you've got the Riverview side of town that's a little more well developed in our movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, we really wanted to focus on making the environment, uh, a, a character. And we did that even with our interiors at the showman museum, you know, that it's its own character. It lives and breathes just like the actors sure. do.
4: Well, it, you, you say that, um, makes me think of that's kind of what they did with the original Punisher movie as well. when they filmed that in Tampa was to try and highlight everything around the Tampa area. There's so much to use and, and showcase. So Um, Derek, you got any other questions?
7: Yeah, I was going to ask, other than the roaches scene, was there anything else that you weren't able to do that you were a little disappointed about?
3: I was not disappointed. I didn't get to do the roaches. Yes, you were.
6: I
5: I I just wish we could have had, um, obviously, you know, with the restraints and the budgets that we're dealing with on on a smaller independent film. You know, you would love to be in a location for longer periods of time uh, to work on things. I think that's about the only thing. But I think Chris and the team really well managed the time and the resources that we had. Um, but, you know, um, it would, would have been nice to have more team, uh, more time so that we didn't have to cram so much in it in the day.
6: Like yeah. yeah there was nothing that I was disappointed about not catching. You know, um there was never one big moment to me I'm like oh man I wish we had caught that. You know, I think that as we were going through and live and and the the production was kind of living and breathing as we were shooting. Um you know, there was a couple of things where we had to adjust very quickly. You know, we got rained out four times. You know that we oh. lost a lot of time to rain, and so there was things that I had to kind mm. of like figure out. But again, you know, when it came down to crunch time, the crew was ready and the kids were ready, and they gave it their all. Like I mean, there were multiple times on set where I looked at at the kids and I was like, "This has to be it. Like you've got to hit this." And you know, they would. They would take a deep breath and they would hit it, and we would be able to move on. And um, you. You know i think this film is going to be one of those films where you you're you're gonna watch it and you're gonna feel good you know it's a cool story about kids fighting werewolf um you know and they all came out and they had fun and some days were harder than others but it, yeah i don't have any disappointments on things that we had to cut out you know um I, I yeah good no. So I want to ask, with the werewolf,
4: is this going to be one of those scenarios where it's a less is more, where we we really don't see a lot of the werewolf until the very end?
6: Um, you know, it's it's funny. The budget for this film, you know, really had me go back into my my roots of filmmaking. Had me go back and watch things like you know from the 1980s, early 90s, you know, things that were were done back then for millions and millions of dollars, but we could do now for a couple grand. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so um, the werewolf itself has a very, um, you know, raptors in the uh, Jurassic Park kitchen scene where, (laughs) you know, where you're hearing it and feeling it more than everything. And I rewrote Mm. a lot of the Mm. werewolf's parts in a way that I haven't seen done in a werewolf movie yet. And, I, I, you know, I I haven't seen every werewolf movie on the planet, but I've seen quite a few. And, um, you know, this werewolf is constantly struggling with his, with his, you know, his plight. You know, it's a month-long journey that gets him to wolf transformation. So that was one of the creative ways that I tried to think about, okay, how can we keep the elements of a werewolf without having to see the werewolf for for 90 minutes you know and i think that that's what we accomplish hey
4: derek you up mm-hmm. for the challenge of what we usually been doing <laughs> with guests you up for it sure we're going to give our guests the cast and crew of the beast come at midnight a chance to flip the tables and ask us some questions and samantha looks way too excited for this <laughs> i
3: was like i
4: don't know she's <laughs> gonna ask
6: about the fart <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to be like, was it really the dog or did you just taste your own? Oh. <laughs> that's what happened? Ooh. I'll ask for her. So,
4: so that's Chris's question to me.
6: Yeah. Gun to the head. Was it, it really the dog?
4: It was really the dog.
6: <clears throat> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you saw me go off off camera real quick. So I could let her outside.
6: Yeah. I do the same thing next to my wife. I'm like, all right, Toby, you gotta go outside, boy. <laughs> We all know. We all know.
4: It was was not me. Uh, This was a grass fed rotten egg smell.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I do have a legitimate question, though. Um, What has been your most interesting interview experience slash story from your perspective?
4: That's
7: a good question. Well, right now, I don't exactly. Uh, Every interview we do is always our favorite. Apparently, uh, y'all are our really most
4: are. favorite because we're interviewing y'all now. Um,
7: <laughs> no, it, but it, you guys have been a lot of fun. So I will say that much.
4: I I could say it's actually easier but, for me to say what the worst interview was than was the interview
6: that, that never I, happened. I
8: said, that's kind of, I just phrased it nicely, I guess. But that's yeah. Who
6: that's who the, sucked the most on your show? <laughs> um, <laughs>
5: um, you on your show. He's an asshole. Pardon my language. <laughs>
6: Yeah. Who,
4: who, who just sucked? Who's like the worst? I, I'm not going to mention names.
6: Then it's not worth it. That but th-
4: this person has done quite a bit of work in the voice actor realm. Uh, this person's known as the voice of the ESPN NFL draft. Uh, her ties to horror, to some extent, is she is also the voice of Madame Leota in the Haunted Mansion. Um, interview so bad, it never happened and never got recorded just sending it up and you, you know who i'm talking about derek don't you you remember the night mm,
6: it's one battle it trying to block blocked it out mentally yeah he's he's put it yeah, really ball.
4: this one brett was still with us we were doing the interview we we're told we had to pre-record it and we couldn't release it for two weeks because of the, all the pr she wanted to do for it she was an hour and a half late Yeah and yeah it was that bad and then when i did my introduction of her i brought up works that our audience would know her for the most and she criticized me Well, why are you mentioning all that they don't care about listeners aren't going to care about that they're just going to care about what i'm doing now and i've been you could go on my twitter and see everything i've done now like um i'm looking at your twitter now you have made no announcement of what you've been doing lately voice acting wise and I'm like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be back in touch with you to try to reschedule. And uh, it's never been rescheduled. I'll tell you guys after show. I don't want to say on there. Chicken. Professionalism.
6: <laughs>
4: Professional chicken. There's that too. Uh, Derek, so would that almost be the same same response for you? Worst guest? Uh,
7: for the worst? Yeah,
4: I'd say probably so, yeah.
6: You didn't even remember. It can't be the worst for you. You didn't even remember who she was. I remember it
7: afterwards after he started talking about it.
6: I need the person who's on Madeline, why did you start this? I'm saying it like <laughs> the person that you look back at never mind. I don't want the smoke anymore. Never mind. <laughs> Outside of her
4: I don't think we've ever had a a guess that we've looked back and said yeah we don't want that person again Yeah. now we've had a scenario where
7: everybody else has usually been pretty cool
4: yeah um, Derek I think it was before you came on back when uh, it was Marty and I we had Jake Lloyd on uh, the actor who played young Mm. kid Anakin and we're like we thought it was going to be a rough interview with the way he was then once he left whatever room he was in went to another room he opened up a lot like okay now we're getting to the nitty-gritty with with jake and it was a great interview and it's like yeah i'd love to try and get him back in the future and then eight months later he does this high-speed chase through the state of north carolina and it's like i don't think we're getting jake back for a while mm-hmm. so there there was i don't know if that fits madeline's answer or question
8: yes that will suffice i appreciate it
7: well, one one other thing I can, I will say is one of the cool things about doing this show is we've actually made some good friends out of some of our guests, and uh, you know we're always happy to have our our friends on multiple times, and and. Find out what they're doing, what their latest thing
4: is, and what they're up to. So that's always fun. So in case of tonight, this makes ed's second time on the show. So we, we've had a lot yes. of 2 we've had a lot of two timers. Yeah,
5: it's awesome.
4: And, and uh, Mike
5: actually too, because he dropped in last time. That's right.
4: Our- that is right. Yeah. Yeah. So the McEvers are are officially two timers on the show. Nice. Sounds so wrong, but so right. <laughs> uh, it's just whether they hit the the three time club.
5: We're working on it, brother. We're working on it.
4: <laughs> um. So I guess next question. Uh, give it to Samantha.
3: I am unprepared. All right. you <laughs> have a question. Um. Uh,
4: you want us to move on to someone else and come back? Question.
3: Uh. <laughs> I'm think of one right now.
4: You
7: don't have to ask a question.
3: I don't have to. You don't have no, to. you
4: don't at all. But if, but if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, you have to actually go through with the roaches.
3: There's, okay, I'm <laughs> I you know there was roaches in the script. I was so confused. Um, come back to me. I'll, I'll think.
0: Kyle. All right. What
1: is, um, what's your favorite part about just your whole experience? You know, um, if you could, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot to pick from, but if you could pitch, pick one thing out of this whole field, what is, what do you get the most satisfaction from? That's a good question. It is a good question.
4: And we're usually known for asking tough questions. I'm liking this tonight. Um, for me, I got it. I got into podcasting almost nine years ago. Yeah, almost nine years ago, Be nine years next month Uh, because of listening to Kevin Smith. And it was he at the time, one of his biggest pitches around 2012 was anyone could podcast, do it, tell your own story, get your own story out there, however you want to do it. And for me and my original co-host, it was our love for geekdom, uh, for everything geek. And we wanted to share, you know, share the share the stories that we talk about at work. Hey, did you hear about some? and such. You hear about this. And then we discovered well, Hey, we have an opportunity. You know, we can use this opportunity to talk to people about their projects as well. Um, and that's when we eventually met up with um, a couple of PR firms, PR groups, and and got guests available, or we reach out and get guests on our own um, to come on the show. And a you know, surprise when I've, when I've had some, one of my biggest surprises is when I actually got a request from John Schneider to come on the show to talk about his horror film smothered uh when it came out i'm like whoa i just had john schneider reach out to me (laughs) that that was that was a big thing for me um so it's just being out there and and still continuing the story whether it's talking about new stories or talking about films that have been made or in this case films that are in production and and i'm assuming post-production final editing uh
5: with
4: So, um, so yeah, I mean, just to to hear this, I'm one of those extra junkies on, on DVDs and Blu-rays. I love the extras. Um, you give me the same film and tell me I got paid $10 more for the bonus features. I will pay the $10 more for bonus features. Because I, I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, being a behind-the-scenes guy myself. So, like, for me, podcasting, it's one of the things. You know, we could put our own spin and twist on, on the stories coming out. And when we have guests, you know, hear the stories and try and get some, some great tales and stories out for, for guests, which hopefully we've done with you guys tonight.
5: Awesome.
4: Uh, Derek?
7: Yeah. Um... Well, firstly, as I said before, um, we've met a lot of really cool people doing this podcast, including all of you guys, of course. Um, And over the course of doing the podcast, Mike and I have become pretty good friends. And uh, funny thing is, so I've been co-hosting with Mike for I don't know maybe five years now maybe five to
4: six years something something like that that, yeah
7: five to six years yeah um Mike lives in Florida I live in Massachusetts we've never actually met face-to-face oh wow
4: this is closest face-to-face we've we've ever come
7: yeah um we're hoping to change that one of these days but for now we still haven't met (laughs) face-to-face um so that's always that's always a good part is meeting meeting cool uh but the other thing is I am a huge introvert in, 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 uh, my normal life. Uh, very socially awkward, all that you know. But uh, when I do these podcasts, this one, and we do a Star Wars podcast, and I have a couple of my own, uh, I feel like I can really let myself out. I, I'm not afraid, like I am in real life, to to uh, to show who I am. So that's a big part of the, of why I enjoy doing it as well.
4: Yeah, I've I've been in the entertainment industry over 36 years, and I never thought I'd be in a role where I'm in front of the mic or on the mic. Usually, I've always taken the I'm behind behind the scenes guy so podcasting is definitely same type of thing taking me out of my element and, and letting me uh, try something new new challenge
0: oh, it's important to have an outlet I mean I didn't know what a podcast was about five minutes <laughs> And so look, here I am doing a podcast. And we're, we're cool glad stuff. to be the first podcast you're on. That's awesome, Todd. I've probably been on podcasts in
4: the past. I just don't know it. Maybe. <laughs> so, Samantha, are you ready or... uh Eric, I think we should be scared. I
3: thought of a question. So you said you had a podcast with your daughter. Which one do you enjoy doing more? This one or the podcast with your daughter?
4: Uh, oh. <laughs> I remember Oh. Thing is... <laughs> there, there's four shows I do. Uh, Derek, like Eric said, he and I do another show with another person. Um, it's star Wars related. And then I also do a Marvel show. Um, which do I like better? <sighs> That's like asking think, who's your favorite child um, or who's your favorite dog? Favorite dog. The one who, who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the fart. one who doesn't fart. Or who's your favorite co-host? <laughs>
0: um, I would just go
1: with your daughter. That's probably the safest answer.
4: Um, there the shows are different.
1: But,
7: uh, the, I would expect that. Yes.
4: Uh, the, the shows are different. The way the way um my daughter and I or the way I approach the show with my daughter is uh when I describe it it's a daughter father journey through our geekdoms. I give her top billing. She's the host. It's her show. I'll produce. I'll, I'll be a co-producer with her. I'll edit the show. Um, I make her do the show notes or the show description to, to write up for each episode. I make her title the show. Um, I'll, I'll do the show art for her. Um, she's the one who comes up with majority of the topics. I may bring one or two topics to the table, but I, I want her to dictate how the show's done. Um, so as a parent, well, I guess as a producer, that one's a little bit more fun because I'm not as heavily involved because she does so much more. So as a parent, I, I enjoy that one more because I, I'm loving watching her grow with it and seeing what she brings to the table. We've had some crazy conversations, but we've also had some great guests on that show as well, which I would love to bring you guys back on when the movie comes out after she gets a chance to see the film because um, I would love to see how she does. And, and Derek will tell you, if you think we're tough with our question, She's got some doozies. And for for someone who's only right now, 11, she turns 12 next month. Questions she comes up with will rival what Derek and I will come up with. And I've been highly impressed with that. So I don't know if that answers your question.
5: I think it'd be fun if you had an 11 year old like your daughter interviewing the kids from the film. Hate to keep calling you kids. I think that
4: would be a really fun. Experience. <laughs> no, that that I think that would be a great experience, and, and that and that's I think kind of you know like we're doing now, interview the kids, and also still have Chris as well, because you know she'll she'll love talking about how you know he you know his part in the film, bringing them together and getting the the chemistry and the team together uh, of the team together. Uh, I mean, she will have she will have a filled day with you guys in, in a very good way. That that'll be fun. So um, I guess. Now, did you have a question for Derek as well? If not, that's fine.
3: I'm sorry. I did not.
4: Not a problem. Not a problem. I are
3: walking by and you said you had a podcast with him. So I don't know the answer to that
4: one. Michael, you mm. have a question. Like I said, you don't have to ask a
7: question.
9: No, I'll ask a question. So I noticed everybody's questions so far have been very professional.
4: Uh-oh. So, um,
9: <laughs> I, I'm just going to just ask what your favorite pizza is. Just do one that's fun.
4: Ooh, favorite pizza. Yeah. Lately, uh, maybe you guys will know this place, Uh, Disney Springs has a place called The Blaze, Blaze Pizza, and my favorite there lately has been uh, the classic sauce with ham, mushroom, chicken, bacon bits, and Italian sausage. Just all the fruits. Almost want to call it the carn- uh, as one of my co-hosts on uh, my Marvel show say almost call it the carnivore. But the Blaze, if you guys ever come up to the Disney Spring uh, to the Disney area to the Disney Springs, it is so worth it. Ten ninety nine, all the toppings you want. I
3: love Blaze. I go there all the
4: time. And you know what I'm talking about. Great pizza. Absolutely great pizza. Derek.
7: Uh, um, I would say my favorite would be, uh, well, depending on your opinion of, of this, it could be controversial. But I like we have a my favorite pizza place has a pizza up here called the Polynesian. And it's, it's, uh, it's like a Hawaiian. It's got ham and pineapple. And they also add bacon to it. And bacon makes everything better. So that would be my favorite. Yeah. But there seems to be
4: a lot of opinion. Oh, pineapple does what? not go on pizza. I'm sorry. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now in high school, my favorite when I lived in upstate New York, they had a pizza called Casino Pizza. It was like a wasn't a, it was a white sauce, not, not Alfredo, but like a a white sauce, white pesto sauce with clams. It was so good. That's was, not a pizza. Yes, it was. Hey, if you could put pineapples, then that was pizza.
3: I'm sorry to be this person, but I do have to go. I work at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning.
4: Not a problem.
3: It's almost midnight. Samantha, it was
4: great seeing you.
3: It was great to see you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys.
4: Thanks. Appreciate you. I guess um we will I think we were on our way to bring it to a close. I wasn't expecting the table flipping to go as long as it did. Um movie comes out when? Or when, when are we expecting it?
6: Spring of twenty twenty two, most likely. Okay. Excellent.
4: But definitely keep us posted. Uh keep us posted along the journey. Uh we'll love to share as we can. And uh can't wait to see this film.
6: Thank you. You
4: guys have a great one. Thank so you. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, thanks,
5: thanks,
0: everybody. Thank you. God Everyone have a good you, night, everybody. Thank you.
4: Thanks for coming on. <laughs> then
0: hey, there's guys. just
4: us. <laughs> us. <laughs> so, um, anything we missed out on, Ed? No, <laughs> I cover. <don't laughs> so. so. no, Since we're I still recording. Still on air.
5: We're just, we're just so excited to, 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 to finally. Be finished filming the movie, have it the post-production phase, and uh, really excited about getting it out there in front of people. It's something different. It's not the blood splatter and missing head stuff that I, I've done previously. Um, it's not a bunch of 350-pound guys smashing each other into buildings and houses. Um, this is something different. This is uh, something I think it's going to have a little more broad appeal to people. Awesome. So I, I, we're really we're really excited by it.
4: That sounds great.
5: And it's still going to be scary. Trust me, it's going to be scary. Is it defined technically a horror film? Eh, I still feel it is because I feel a, a good monster movie is still a horror film. It's just a subgenre of it.
4: Well, it sounds like uh, as as we described, it's going to be almost like uh, Scooby Doo meets. Uh, goosebumps
5: yeah probably a little more harder edge than that I, I would say like classic monster movie feel a little more wolfman or creature from the black lagoon um is it going to be uh is it the exorcist or the shining no not by any means it's going to be something a little different it, kind of like uh, its own genre um a lot of the influence was a lot of the kid horror films like lost boys silver bullet um a little bit of goonies stuff like that stuff that really uh you know appeals to a younger audience but people can watch it with their parents
4: right uh speaking of parents i, I got one last question that's for michael do you feel being auditioning for this movie and getting cast was harder because your dad was involved than if it was any other film that you might have auditioned for in the past
9: um i'm sorry what was the question again <laughs>
4: <laughs> Do you feel because of this film? Yes. And your dad being producer on the film that auditioning was harder and you were and the, the process was harder for you or on you as opposed to other projects you might have been on that your dad was not a part of.
9: Um are you asking for like the other people getting auditioned?
4: No, for you being auditioned. For oh, you
9: getting the auditioned.
5: role. Um it was decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I am I, a critical perfectionist. There's no doubt about it. So he had to deal with, uh, with the director being with him on set and then the whole ride home with me. Um, so I, I know that I can make that a bit difficult at times, uh, mostly not, not from an acting standpoint, but from a preparation standpoint. Gotcha. I feel if you're not going to be properly prepared, you're wasting your time and other people's.
0: Well, the reason why I bring I got to tell you, Go got to tell you about Mike. Um, probably the single toughest person on set, and that's because he had to deal with the pressure of a parent producing and being involved in it, and learning acting and learning what they wanted, and dealing with Chris, who's also he's very good at getting what he wants out of actors, um, but he's also a very tough director uh, to deal with. When he's in the moment, Uh, he knows what he wants. And when there's a timetable and there's a gun to his head, you know, he's under a lot of pressure and and a lot of that comes through and the actors feel it. Uh, Michael getting kicked in the chest by Eric Roberts over and over to get the take, right? I mean, any other kid would have cracked. It's a tough kid. He wrestles and plays football. And, um, I got I, 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 probably would have beat the crap out of Eric Roberts myself if I was getting kicked that many times by him. Um, so yeah, I, 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 out of everyone that we had as far as actors are concerned or anyone else on that crew, I'd say for his age and, uh, and his weight, he's the pound for pound, the toughest guy we had.
4: Well, the, the reason why I asked the question is my mom's a teacher or was a teacher. And there were a few times I, um, uh, See, there's the dog that farted. <laughs>
5: um,
4: the There would be times where I walk in class and there's my mom as the substitute. And I'm like, uh, and she never took it easy on me because I was her kid. I was, I actually got it. She was harder on me than she was anyone else in the class. So I, I didn't know if as an actor, you know, going through the audition process, if you've kind of felt the same, same type of thing, where if it's a project that your dad's a part of, That they're harder on you because you know your dad is on the involved in the project that or do you or do you feel at times that maybe they they take it easier on you because your dad's involved in the project
5: oh do you think anything was taken easier on you no Uh,
9: i think it was taken much harder of course i since my dad made me the lead i wanted to be the best on the set at all times so i didn't look like you know i was just given the role because the producer is my dad i wanted it to like look like i earned it i think i did you know?
4: awesome that's good to hear not, okay not good that they were harder on you because your dad was involved <laughs> oh. in, in that aspect but you know the fact that i, I love how you you said you, you went out there to to earn it and you wanted to earn it and you wanted to be the best and make it and, and if, Sounds like to me, there was more. You were doing it for yourself more than your dad, because you wanted to prove it to yourself. How that much of the about pressure,
0: right? Mike? How much of the pressure did you put on yourself versus the pressure that your dad put on you? And I can ask you the same question. Your mom being the teacher, how much pressure did you put on yourself versus your mom putting on you? In retrospect, now that mm-hmm. you're an adult, did she really put that much more pressure on you, or did you feel like she was putting that much more pressure on you from uh, your perspective as a child? So there's all kinds of ways of looking at it, you know? I would would say looking back
4: as an adult, it was probably a a good 50-50. It was the pressure she put on me, um, but it was also the pressure I put on myself because, you know, people in the class knew it was my mom. Um, So I think we were both trying to prove that there was no, I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to get away with things because it was my mom and she was trying to prove she wasn't letting me get away with things because it was my mom. Right. Yeah.
9: Yeah.
4: But uh, yeah, I I mean I, I definitely love uh the how you described your worth your work ethic there, Michael. It, it's it sounds great. Man. I can't wait to definitely see you and and everyone else in, in future projects and hopefully this turns into a franchise in
0: some way yeah. with this group.
5: We we left it open for that. There's no doubt about it.
0: We've we awesome. uh,
5: def- given it a direction to go. That's An awesome.
0: interesting dynamic. And really cool to watch it all come together, especially it being the brainchild from Ed and Mike McKeever um, and, and actually watching it become a reality. And uh, I can't wait to you guys get to actually see, sit down with us and watch the film with us. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Oh, that's going to be so much fun to see it when it comes out.
5: Yeah, I think mm. I think we haven't really announced it yet, but I think we're going to. Um, we're going to have a, a, a promo piece available uh, that will be screening at live events pretty soon, and I think we're going to be screening at uh, Spooky Empire at the end of the month. Oh, okay. So pe- people will get a little taste hmm. of uh, of what the film's about. A little, oh, a little cool. short thing for people in live attendance. Very cool. So we'll make sure to tag you in that, so you can see that as well.
4: So any of you listeners who are big on um, horror conventions, Spooky Empire is here in the Orlando area, one of the largest in the country. Um, well, I want say probably one of the oldest in the country too at this point. So definitely, uh, if you're able to make it down, uh, come check out Spooky Empire. Uh, they're ones who as well have very little cancellation of guests when, when they have guests invited too. So um, check it out. Great place to go for uh, for your horror fandom. And now this year, uh, get a little bit of a sneak peek as the beasts come at midnight.
5: Yep, I believe our panel is going to be a Saturday at one o'clock on the 22nd. Uh, But just keep an ear out on the social media because we'll be posting everything uh, once uh, we've confirmed with them. I just don't want to give the wrong time out. I know it's on Saturday.
4: And later that night, maybe meet the cast at the Blaze at Disney Springs.
5: That's a good possibility, except I got to get this one back for his football game. Uh, Every Saturday, Saturday Night Lights in Tampa.
4: uh, Eric, final question? Mm, I think I'm all set. Then I'm just going to say, hopefully this week's episode didn't ask you, ask the question, want to know more.
8: So...